0: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest
1: And I'm absolutely delighted today. I have a good friend of mine, uh, someone who's been on the show before about three years ago uh, and leads and and does some amazing work around helping people to empower and develop and improve the quality of of their life, uh, Mr. Craig Goldblatt today. But before I introduce you to Craig, um, a huge thank you to my guest last week, uh, David Averin. Um, David, I found um, really, really valuable in his ideas about visibility marketing. I really took away the concept that there are so many of us out there doing what we do. Um, generally, we're all good. So we have to differentiate ourselves. We have to get really clear about our USPs and how we, how we those differ uh, to uh, our competitors in the marketplace. So give me lots of thought this week about um, how to do that. So if you're interested in that, interested in becoming more visible, do check out the show in the archive. I've also this week met some amazing people, had some great conversations with people who are coming up on the show soon. Got some great uh, guests lined up for you. Uh, this week, I've been really inspired talking to Simon Hampel of Leaders Quest. Simon joins us next week. He's had an incredible career, traveled all over the world, set up businesses. He even discovered a Tyrannosaurus Rex during one of his adventures. And he's going to be talking to us next week about future stu- becoming a future steward and about you know, how leaders need to today um, help the world uh, moving forward and some of the key things that they can do. And I also spent time this week with Wasim Khan, MBE, who's the CEO of Leicestershire County Cricket. So we're going to learn a little bit about an English sport of cricket, but also the business of sports. Uh, an amazing man whose successes have even led him to a private dinner with the Queen. Uh, yesterday, I was thinking about today's show and I was thinking about Craig and thinking about the quality of uh, life. And uh, I'd taken a day off to go fishing with a friend and I felt very slightly guilty about it. And then I thought, actually, you know, today I've been so re-energized, having taken my focus i've worked for the day i realized that actually is an important role that fishing can play in me getting myself on form and i mean helping me to give everything uh, every day because when we reach the end of our lives and we look back we have to be able to say that we've given it everything and you know have we lived a life that's had real meaning it's had real depth And my guest today, Craig Goldblatt, he's an inspirational speaker with 15 years experience. He's spoken to over 600 um, presentations, I've done them, over 600 keynotes he's done around the world, so that'll be to thousands and thousands of people. And he's fast becoming a global entity in his own right. He really challenges and inspires audiences. I saw him recently at one of his events, uh, an inspired seminar event in London, and he really engaged uh, an audience of people um, who you know, were listening to every word that he had to say about uh, improvement. And there was quite a few hundred people there in that room that had been attracted to come and see Craig. He's also the founder of Giving Africa. It's a charitable organization that's uh, raised funds to build a school uh, for children in a small town in West, West Africa in Burkina Fasa. He's got great aspirations of other projects that he's working on and developing at the moment. Um, he had a big impact on me on the show as a guest uh, three years ago So I thought it was time to catch up with him again for more inspired conversation about how to get the most out of life So a huge welcome to my today to my guest uh, Craig Goldblatt
2: Thank you, Chris. Well, wow, that's quite an introduction. Thank you
1: You're very welcome. Pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show again. It's been well, we, we obviously talk and chat But it's been yes. I, I realized over three years since you came on last.
2: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah Incredible. So well I think that's a good place to start really isn't it you know what have you been doing you know since we last spoke you know what's really been going on for you because there's all this uh, Craig Goldblatt you know work to about and then you've got inspired seminars that you're you know bringing into your brand what's, what's been happening?
2: Yeah I, the, the thanks Chris the two main elements that I'm working on mostly is one is obviously as you said that a charitable organization and we built the school for a thousand kids, which was a wonderful experience in, in sub-Saharan Africa. And those of you who are listening who know Burkina Faso, it, it's a country that is landlocked and um, sub-Saharan in its nature. So from a literacy perspective and an education perspective, it's unfortunately one of the poorest countries in the world. But spiritually, from a community perspective, it's, it's indeed one of the richest. You know, it's, it's that <coughs> cultural diversity that exists in the world where you have an environment like Burkina Faso where the people there are so rich spiritually and they look after each other so well and yet physically the the environment is very poor. And then we have in the UK an environment obviously that's growing in financial wealth but we tend to become more disparate as people and we don't even know our neighbours. And, you know, so the charity is set up to really learn more from the communities of Africa and at the same time give out our financial and physical support to, to what they're doing and so that so over the last three years you know what we're now looking to do within the charity is obviously take groups to Africa and immerse them in that cultural diversity and that richness of community that we don't necessarily have in the UK so we've been working a lot on on getting people over to Burkina Faso, but also we're now looking, with more funding that we've managed to receive, we're now looking to build a vocational centre for the kids, um, which is amazing because you know they're in an environment where they really need to now look at how they can grow their own micro-businesses and woodwork, metalwork, farming, pottery, hairdressing, braiding, all these kind of um, poor physical skills that can help them to lift themselves and their families out of poverty. So. I've been working a lot with a charity on on building um, the funds for our vocational centre that we're launching next year, which will be amazing uh, for that community and amazing for us to learn so much from them. And the other thing from a speaking perspective, as you say, Chris is so having spent the last 14 years working predominantly in the corporate world, um, talking at leadership conferences. Um, I'm so much more interested these days in our purpose and our identity and Um, our intention for ourselves and how we can look after ourselves more so we've launched a brand over the last six months called Inspired Seminars and it's a product um, that we're now taking um, through um, our work and we're launching a lot of seminars, journeys, masterclasses where people can buy tickets to come and see us work and really share in their own leadership so um, we're we're working with individuals as opposed to just the corporate organisations, which is fantastic because it allows people to really express who they are rather than just what they do within a business context.
1: Mm, no, so it's
2: exciting stuff.
1: It's exciting stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just kind of interested. You've you've you clearly have a real love for Africa, and 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 I find it you know fascinating. You talk there about sort of spirituality and you know how yeah, yeah. these people are very poor but they've got that close close um bond whereas in you know societies that we may live in in the places like the united kingdom it's become much more de- disparate. and do you think that is due to this to uh those people actually having a bit more of a sense of, of purpose rather than you know other factors material wealth and that sort of thing getting in the way
2: yeah i think these things obviously there's there's a complexity to it, it's complex, and um, and the inv- I think that we all came from Africa, so they call it the cradle of mankind, and I think Africa has uh, a very ancient tradition, um, and they still live within their community, and I think because of their physical poverty, they need each other from a financial perspective, you know, they need to help each other to be able to eat and for them to be able to send the kids to school. They need each other's help. Uh, And so they stay within the community. And also they don't have the transportation systems in this part of Africa than we do. So they can't just jump on a train and go and live somewhere else that easily. So, So from the very nature of the environment that these guys live in, they live with their families and they live in their local villages. And they uh, invariably, they're often 50, 100, 150 miles uh, from uh, the nearest city. And therefore, that lends itself um, to supporting each other, you know, that you've got 50 neighbours around you within a a couple of hundred feet. And also, they've grown up with this culture of service. And I think it's also a cultural thing, Chris, um, in Africa to look after each other in that way. And of course, you know, this is, uh, again, quite a judgment on us, I guess. But as we become financially more stable, we then create so much more choice in how we live our lives as global citizens. And I think the very nature of the Internet and our work takes us away from our loved ones and takes us away from our community. And and I think, you know, it's an oxymoron that actually as we become more and more connected to social media, what happens is a lot of people become more lonely, even though they're connected to so many thousands of people online, that the relationship between people, um, the depth of relationship lessens. And the third element to that, I think, is that as we have external pressure in the UK and, and, you know, our cost of living in the Western world is rising, people feel that they need to work harder and longer hours. And then it causes uh, you know, a, a lack of time. People feel that they're time poor. They might be slightly more financially rich, but time poor to actually sit down with each other and have high quality conversations. And so what our charity is looking to do and what, what I'm looking to do in very much in my leadership work is just to allow people to slow down and introspect and look at our own selves and ask the question, what is really seriously important to me as a person? What's in my heart? You know, I, I don't want to spend my whole life working, you know, Oh, 80. I, I want to sit with my son and daughter and I, I, I want to sit with you know with my wife and I want to sit with my cousins and uncles and friends and really have deeper conversations because that's what makes us happy it, uh, that's what makes us fulfilled is is sitting down and slowing down and being with the people we love
1: yeah yeah and we we can really lose sight of that importance can't we yeah. the, the harder we work and uh, and and take take a find myself too busy to to allocate time to reflect and
2: and and the other the other thing that I'd love to add to that is that we've got to remember the power of a minute so in other words we often think oh you know I haven't got three hours to go for a long walk with with the kids or whatever it's about magic moments often it's about when when we're with the kids or when we're with our best friend are we physically with them and on our mobile phone and you see so many people in restaurants you know even when they're on honeymoon you see them sitting there in restaurants and and they're tweeting on their phones rather than having a deep conversation or or sharing you know you know so it's the quality of our time so it's not just that we have to take four hours here and three hours there to be with people all the time to me it's about me learning to put away my mobile phone and put away my laptop and you know, really care about who's with me.
1: It's quite very interesting, I think, with your with your work and what you're doing with uh, with inspired and with with people. You talk there about Africa, and you you talked about it being, you know, where where we all really originate from. When I've certainly felt when I've been in Africa, that I have, you know, while I'm there, I feel like there's, even though it's it it's quite foreign. I feel at home, and uh, you know, as a piece of me, almost as though has been left behind when I leave it. And um, you know, but with your relationship with Africa, I, and I sense that you have that same sort of feeling as well. Is um, it's interesting that what you're doing is you, you're linking in with Africa, you're helping projects there. Uh, at, it's a place that's close to your heart, um, but also, um, what, what I'm saying is, um, is that people over here. Um, I've completely lost my track of thought now. I, I think there's something about Africa which, which gets you back to what's important. Yes. Um, and gets you back to your origins. And I just think it's an interesting parallel that you are doing this for people, um, but you also have this close relationship with Africa. Does that make some kind of sense?
2: It, it's, you, you know what it is for me with Africa is I think Africa is a place of extremes, actually. And I, I think there's a lot of massive challenge, of course, in Africa. Um, so there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of hate. Uh, there's a lot of bitterness that exists. Uh, that That's clear. You know, that's unfortunate. And let's keep it real. There's, there's huge difficulties in Africa. Um, and I'm talking about Africa as a continent. I know it's 54 different countries, so it's a, a huge continent. But there's massive challenges there. But also, my experience is there's an enormous level of love, Mm, and and it's a very authentic place. So it's real. It's not hiding. It has doesn't have a mask in front of it. it. When I arrive in Africa, people are just who they are. They're not trying to pretend, you know, that they're somebody that they're not. They just are who they are, and I think that's so refreshing for us for human beings to be in a place where it's authentic and it's natural and you don't have to work hard to get to know somebody in africa it seems that most people that i meet almost everybody their heart is open and they're willing to talk about anything you know there's nothing there's nothing that seems hidden of course they've got they've got their own lives and you know but there there doesn't feel like there's anything really hidden and so there's a tremendous amount of love and there feels like there's a tremendous amount of love. And, and the second thing is, is I think in West Africa, because you know they don't have the buildings, they don't have the infrastructure that we have, and a lot of it's desert. Um, and so there's not as many distractions. And so we can be with nature far, easy, far easier than we can in London or in Chicago or New York or Beijing you know, where there's so much distraction and so much sensory overload in our lives. You know, we get up in the morning and we turn on the radio or the TV and we've got a hundred different channels. Then we turn on the computer and then we walk out our door and there's buses and billboards and, you know, and our eyes and our, our brain is being hugely overstimulated all the time. And so that causes us to constantly be in fight or flight with the outside world. And I think when you go to Africa, and you immerse yourself in this environment, then there's there's desert. You know, there's not much outside of yourself to look at. It can be a very beautiful place physically, mm. but there's no there's no distractions really. And so the one thing that you have to focus on is yourself and your feelings and the people that you're with. And I think that's why it's so refreshing. That's why at a physical level, inside our bodies, that's why Africa feels like home, because uh, we don't have any modern distraction.
1: I think you've articulated that very beautifully uh, and better than <laughs> so I managed to. That's brilliant. Well, we're going to get a commercial break now. But after the break, what I'd like to do is, you know, on that backdrop of what we've talked about, about you know, Africa and the work that you're doing, is start to look at some of the pr- principles that you shared at your recent inspired seminar event and uh, really start to think about some of those things and, and some of the aspects that we need to focus on to improve and develop the quality of our lives. So we'll be back, everybody, within just a couple of minutes. So do hang on and join us soon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here.
0: Voice America Business Network. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. Great to be talking with Kate Goldblatt. Uh, we're talking about uh, empowering the quality of your life, and we had a great chat about Africa, and now I'm keen to get into some of the some of the principles um, that we we learnt about recently at your inspired seminar in London, Craig. Um, the first one I kind of picked up that um you you think is important, and and I do personally as well. But kind of wrote a book around it as well, which is about intentions and uh, and, and getting things done. I wonder why is intention so important, and how do we develop it?
2: So you mentioned earlier, Chris, uh, at the beginning of the show, around. When we reach the end of our lives and we look back, what what will be our emotional legacy? You know, what's really important to us in our lives? And from a leadership perspective, a personal leadership perspective, if you look at any great leader uh, from the past or present, uh, you know, they always have an emotional intention. Um, And, you know, uh, from the leaders that I spend a lot of time with, they wake up every morning and, and spend five, 10, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, to really focus emotionally on what's most important out of the day. What's, what's their core value. And for me, my intention, when I reach the end of my life and I look back, the measure of my life will be for me as to how much love I've given and received. So my intention for my life is to give and receive love. It's that, that simple. Um, to have, have, have loved the people closest to me, to to have loved my work, to have have loved you know what I've done in my life, it, it is most important. And to have given love, um, and and also to have given love as much as I can without too much judgment involved. And that to me is 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 true love. Really, it is to not judge too heavily um, on myself and to look after myself. So an intention really is quite simply. A deep emotion. It's the deep emotion. and for some people, the most important thing in their life is to to love. For some people, it's to be happy. For some people, it's determination or persistence. For some people, a real intention is to live with peace, to have inner peace. and I you know I, I feel that intentions guide our whole day and and intentions are enormously powerful because we concentrate, at least in our industry, we concentrate on being a great wordsmith and sharing words and language. But when we are in a relationship, I feel, or when we meet people or when we're with an audience, what is most important to the people that we're with is how they are feeling and, and, and not what we say. It's obviously how we say it and how authentic and truthful we are um, and how much we care about the people that we're with. And people these days are extremely bright, very intelligent, uh, and and emotionally, we're becoming more and more intelligent. Um, you know, and a, you know, a lot of people say that you know, you watch kids these days, and what they understand, how they're feeling about things, and and the way that they understand the the world that we're all trying to become more ethical in the way that we deliver our businesses, and so audiences are very bright, and they connect to us most through our feelings and our physiology not just through our language so to me intention is about what's most important to us at an emotional level at a feeling level and what we want other people to feel throughout the day
1: right okay gotcha so it's not it's not about i want to be a world champion it's or something it's about what what intrinsically at a deep level is important
2: yes and, and 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 you know that, that, that's an interesting analogy that you bring to it because I think there's two things in our life. Uh, there's achievement and fulfillment. And achievement, becoming a world champion, is is you know, is obviously a science. There's a path, there's steps that we can take um, in order for us to achieve anything in our lives. Um, but fulfillment really is, of course, an art form. It, and, and that's really what's most important to people. So there's so many studies around this, but it's quite clear to us, if you go into any corporate organisation and you interview uh, a large number of people as to what they really want in their life, um, th- they'll share an emotion. They'll say, I want to be happy or I want to feel more love or I want to feel safe or I want to feel connected. That They they won't necessarily concentrate too much on, on the achievement. Um, we're conditioned, of course, to understand that, our achievements can bring us or connect us to fulfillment. We all know so many examples of, of hugely rich and successful people that are miserable. Unfortunately, we've had a number in the, in the media over the last year where, you know, where people have passed away or even you know, taken their own life and have been hugely successful, but haven't necessarily been fulfilled from an intention perspective, an emotional perspective. And so, you know, achievement is key for us. There is an inner dynamic that's built within every human being that says that we have to be industrious. In other words, we do have to achieve. That's a huge part of a human being. But, you know, what we really, really care about is our feelings.
1: What is it, Craig, around, you know, this word of love? Because you talk about it very freely Mm. and... However, to you know, there seems to be some you know some bravery attached with that because it does have, you know, it does have an association, um, love of being perhaps a bit soft and a bit fluffy, when actually it's so important. What, why, why do people, you know, perhaps feel about that around that word and maybe, um, you know, show some care and restraint about using it?
2: Well, um, what I would say is. You know, I ask when I coach people, I often talk to them about this and I say, you know, what's the opposite of love? And, you know, some people say the opposite of love is hate. Mm. I don't actually feel that the opposite of love is hate. I feel that the opposite of love is fear. And, you know, I, I experience in a lot of people these days that there's a lot of fear and fear of not being enough. Uh, fear of not being loved, fear of not achieving, fear of failure. So there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of judgment. And, you know, when we are in love and when we feel love, fear disappears. And so I think when we are not fearful, when we dissipate our fears, and we are loving what we do. We're very open to love. We talk about love, and we experience more love. When we're in fear, and we feel fearful and frightened, love disappears. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to experience it. We don't want to be anywhere close to it. When we're in fear, we we we, we run away. And you know, this unfortunately, fear is often created because sometimes we live in the past. And I've definitely done that. And I'm, I, I, sometimes we get nervous about being hurt and we close our heart um, and we don't open our, our hearts because m- possibly the last time that we opened our heart, maybe we got hurt and that was painful. And we're fearful of feeling that pain again. Um, but actually the truth is, is with, especially when we have deeper relationships and we have the courage to understand that we may get hurt at times, and we may feel, uh, you know, that we're in a difficult situation, that when we work on loving ourselves, fear disappears. So even if we feel that the outside world has hurt us in some way, and my experience is people who work on themselves and work on loving ourselves and knowing that we're enough and we deserve to be here on this planet, and we start to love who we are and what the fear disappears and we're willing to open our hearts more and embrace love and embrace other people you know sharing their love with us um so I think what what, what, for me what's important is not, not not to necessarily run away from the pain um to understand that it's part of my growth I don't want to always feel pain all the time but I want to embrace every emotion that I feel and just understand that it's part of my growth and part of my maturity as a human being And open my heart, and and don't be fearful of it, and embrace love. And and a final point on this, Chris, because I know we can talk about this for ages. The final point I want to make about this is, um, to me, the way for me to feel more and more love is to get rid of my judgment of myself and other people. Is if I know that I'm enough, and I'm going to make mistakes, and that's okay and that I love myself. And if I stop judging out the outside of myself, if I don't judge this person from screwing up and I don't judge them, you know, how they look and how they feel and their relationships, if I stop judging other people so quickly, then it gives me an opportunity to love more. I think judgment and fear kills love. And I think if we look after ourselves and, and know that we deserve to be here, then
1: love grows. I think one of the things that keeps kind of going through my mind as you talk is a uh, you know, an assumption I I came to. We were partly talking about this in the break was that um, I hadn't, although I'm, I'm reasonably reasonably fit, I hadn't really been loved myself enough in terms of keeping myself fit and health, really fit and really healthy, like watching my exercise and and, and what I eat, and, and as I've been doing much more of that of late. Um, I think my, you know, fear for moving things forward, like my, my work and my business, has uh, is, is dissipated as I've got you know so much fitter, um, and uh, I, I think there's something in there about, you know, making that decision that I need to look after myself and my body and um, and love it just that bit more.
2: Yeah, you know, th- there's um, an analogy which is when our, when we're born, obviously our umbilical cord gets cut. And I think there's something in that to start with, that when we're born, we are actually then given this amazing body. And, you know, that's all that we have. So from that moment on, when we can breathe on our own and when our umbilical cord is cut uh, and we're allowed to breathe without our mom's help, then we, we, all we have until we die, I understand, all we have is our body... And everything that's in our body, including our emotions, our physiology, our organs, everything inside our body. We have that. We own that. We don't. I, I don't actually believe at a spiritual level we own our house, we own our car, we own our land, we own our businesses. We own that. The only thing that we truly own is our feelings, our thoughts and our body. And so that's the only thing to me that at the end of the day... You know, that we can, you know, obviously we need to look after our finances, we need to look after other people, we need to look after our houses at a physical level, I get that. But all we really have at the end of the day is this body. And so we have to look after it as well as we can. You know, and we have all sorts of difficulties with it. You know, I a few years ago I had double lung pneumonia, I was in a right state physically, and we go through terrible challenges with our health. But, you know, it's about honouring our bodies for me. And as much as I can, you know, I've, I've been through years and years of not looking after myself physically. But now, like you, I understand that I've got to try and eat better. I've got to try and exercise more. You know, I've got to meditate every day and breathe. And I've got to get myself into nature and go for a walk every day and be with the woods and be with the trees and, you know, be in nature, be with oxygen. Because, you know, we need to look after ourselves in order to look after other people. You know, I lay there in the bed when I had pneumonia, and I realised that I'm the most important person on this planet. Because when I, I felt like I was dying in that bed, and when I was ha- when I had double lung pneumonia and I was really sick, I realised that I'd put myself in this situation. Now, it's not the same with every illness at all, but I'd run myself ragged, and I'd given myself huge amounts of stress and I put myself in that situation. That's not always the same with health. Sometimes we're unlucky, you know, and and we get sick even though we've looked after ourselves. But I I created that pneumonia, I think. And and what I realized at that moment, Chris, is that if I don't put myself first and put my oxygen mask on first and look after my body, I'm not gonna be around to look after my family. you. You know, so it's all that we have really and that's why I think exercise and fitness and health, I'm learning now that I'm a little bit older or a lot older, I'm, I'm I'm learning that I've got to start looking after myself and looking after my body and my health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, you're absolutely right. You're no use to anybody if you're, if you don't do yeah. that, you've not got the, I also think as well, I've got young children and I think that I need to, you know, that they're, they're really, really lively. I'm you know well into my forties and, you know, I could easily not play with them, not engage with them yeah. because I'm too tired. So for me, it's about building the energy so I have more fun as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's our energy. It's vital. It's our, it's our physiology. It's who we are. You know, we have an energy tank. And the more we look after our body, the more we can do with our lives.
1: Yeah, we've got, we've got three minutes left till commercial break. And you, know, and, and this, you also talk about, you talk about purpose and, and, and identity. Uh, as well as intention. Do you want to just help us with that distinction between intention, purpose, and and identity?
2: Yeah, so to me, intention is our core value. It's the most important emotion that we have at any given time in our lives. And our purpose, to me, is to meet our emotional needs. Our purpose is what motivates us. So here's, here's the difference. To me, our intention is our deepest value, And our purpose is what motivates us. it's, It's not the emotion that we live with. It's what gets us out of bed. It's like connection of, you know, our certainty and our risk and our significance. What really drives us forward and motivates us is our purpose. So our intention is our deepest feeling. Our purpose is what motivates us. And our identity is who we are as a human being. Who am I? So just a quick example of that. My intention is to give and receive love. That's my intention. My purpose is to create safety. My purpose is to create significance. My purpose is to create an exciting life. My purpose is to be able to grow. My purpose is to be able to give. So my, my intention is a value, like love or determination or peace or humility. And my purpose is, is actually an emotional need It's something that we need to feel uh, as opposed to a value. And then my identity, you know, Carl Jung was the grandfather of identity really. And he spoke, uh, Carl Jung spoke about archetypes. And so some of us are a great teacher. Uh, That's our identity, we're a wonderful teacher. We're so much more than this. We're also a great communicator, great father. You know, who are we at our very best? And I think my identity, all of our identity runs so deep. But at a language level, my deepest identity is as as a great dad, you know, a great husband, a, you know, a great adventurer of life. That's who I am when I'm at my best. You know, a great lover, a great friend. That's who we are. So those are the three three differences that we were talking about.
1: Excellent. So, so OK, so great safety, create significance, exciting life. Yes. Essentially, I've, I've got a purpose statement, and my, my purpose statement is, is involves enabling others to realise their true potential, and through that, yes. I my I get my energy when I know I've helped others. Um, uh, yes, is that, is that too limiting? Yeah,
2: and well so then I'd ask if we went up a level from that is that that's a wonderful purpose statement and so your intention is how do you want to feel as you deliver that how do you want to feel what's most important as you help others with their with their purpose and, and 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 living the life that they deserve to live do you want to do that with love do you want to do that with passion do you want to create you know so so that's your intention so your purpose statement is your reason for getting up in the morning and your intention is how you wanna deliver that and what's the emotion that guides you through that. It's like mm-hmm. Martin Luther King's example of, you know, his intention was equality. He had a purpose of creating freedom, um, of creating safety and connection with people and growth. Um, but his intent, his deepest intention is to, to create a sense and a feeling of equality
1: got oh, you yeah. lovely excellent we'll to go to commercial break again now and after the break we'll talk a bit more about this we'll talk about values and beliefs we'll talk about how important is money uh, those sorts of things so do join us again right after the break we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes from the boardroom
0: to you voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential
1: Hi, it's Chris Cooper with Craig Goldblatt and Craig and I were just talking during the break and this concept, these concepts of intention and purpose and identity, uh, they really require some thinking about. And I know the the work that Craig does really enables us to take the time to, you know, think about these fundamental questions in our life and these fundamental components. Um, So, yeah, if you know, if you... If you haven't fully grasped that um then you know working with someone like craig um can actually help you to really get the sense of what um that really means and means to you so it's maybe something you don't get get in you know three or four or five minute ten minute conversation it's something you need to kind of work with ex- experientially uh, to gain the value mm-hmm. from it would, would that be fair craig is that mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that and that's it and and you know these are lifelong questions um you know, and our intention and our purpose and identity. Um, you know, I, I, in September, we're running a, a one-week programme called the Inspired Journey, and people take, you know, six days out of their, of their work schedule to, to come to a great environment and to really explore their intention and, and their purpose. And we, over six days, you know, some people say, wow, I've just touched the surface of this. You I'm know, sorry. suggestions that that sit with that sit with families for, for, for generations. So it is deep stuff. And and some people have thought and introspected greatly about it and really understand their intention and their purpose and identity at a, a relatively young age. And some people I don't feel ever get it in their lives. So it's so valuable to gain clarity as to your intention and your purpose in your life. And I definitely feel that those who understand their intention and purpose create a real power in their leadership for other people. So this is the cornerstone. It's, it's what's most important. You ask any great leader in business or in life or in sport, you look at great managers of sport teams and football teams and, and tennis coaches and, you know, great leaders and, and great tennis players and great sportsmen and women. They all know their intention they all are driven through intention and their purpose and their reason when it's five in the morning and it's pouring down with rain and they have to go out and train for three hours in the pouring rain you know what gets them there is their intention and their purpose and who they are at an identity level so this work is so worthwhile doing.
1: That's, that's actually been really helpful to me because I realize and you know, I have a I have a passion in my work for helping people for helping them realize potential but I think the you know the intention that I really have around my work, though, is I want to build, you know, help people become much more engaged and engaging with with what they, you know, what they do as a, as a leader. You know, engaging people as a teacher or a, you know a lecturer, being able to engage students, such that yes. that that transfer of knowledge um comes across in a you know in an engaging and a fun and inspiring way that yes. that sits inside the brain and and people learn from it rather than you know bore, get bored and yawn um so I, so and I, and to do that i have to be engaging myself yes and demonstrate some of those qualities so actually this conversation has just you know teased out to me you know how that fits in with purpose yeah, and yeah. and the likes so thank you awesome really really helpful that um so let's, um, let's just talk about, there's another component that we've got to think about. You mentioned uh, earlier on about value, and you mentioned that your intention is, you know, one of your, your deepest core values. But, you know, how do we shift values and beliefs so they really help us achieve what we want? Because we, we sometimes have to move those, don't we?
2: So, so this is a generalisation, but, you know, it, it's a valuable one. That our beliefs are our rules in which we live our lives. And our, our beliefs and our rules sit in our head. And our values are in our heart. Or in if you don't believe that, that, you know, that the heart is actually an emotional module of us and the heart pumps blood around the body and that's what it does, then let me put it to you this way, that your beliefs and your rules sit in the cortex, the front cortex, the conscious mind. And, and then your values sit in your emotional side of your brain. Um, and so what I'm saying is that, your values are the emotional side of you. So it's what's most important to you. So your values are health, integrity, honesty, passion, commitment, trust. And, and your beliefs are the ways in which you demonstrate that to yourself and others. So if you take health as an example, our value of health, we know certain rules that will help us to live our values. So in other words, if we want to become healthier, and that we're talking about our value of health, then we have certain rules and that is that we exercise every day that we eat nutritious food you know that we don't necessarily smoke or 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 that we we you know we play more sport or that we meditate you know so we have enough beliefs and the level at which we live those beliefs heightens our power and our understanding of the value. So in other words, I went on a course once where we weren't allowed to eat for a week <laughs> and we were, we were detoxing our body and we, we were alkalizing our body. And it wasn't a very pleasant experience. But what I learned is there were a lot of athletes in, in that room and they were living health at a much, much higher level than I ever was. And mm-hmm. so they were wondering when they should eat their pulses at 11 in the morning. And I was looking for my Mars bar. <laughs> and so, so really, you know, it's the level of which we live our values that matters. We all share the same values. We all care about determination, persistence, peace, integrity, honesty, passion, trust. They break through every cultural barrier. We all care about our values. But what what separates in leadership, what creates real true leadership for ourselves and real uh, sense of clarity in our lives and and love for ourselves is the level at which we live our values. And, And that's the distinction is to understand not only what our values are but at what level are we willing to live our values and our values shift you know our values aren't always the same when we're 18 as they are when we're 80 so we need to understand what our values are right now and then we can understand at what level we feel we deserve to live those values
1: that's really interesting that you know it's like it's like turning the volume upon them isn't it yes that's it that's it I, I, so and and really, the, I guess you to live them at a higher level, you're kind of raising your consciousness about what it really means.
2: Uh, uh, you're raising your consciousness, and also there's a caveat to this for me: it is that you know some people when they talk about living their values at the highest level, they feel a real stress and a pressure to do so, and that that to me is not what this is about. So our values should be what we deserve to feel and what we deserve to experience. And providing we believe in the value and, and we understand that we're worth it and we deserve it, then this stuff should be natural for us. If we have to really force ourselves um, to, to, to create a value, then it's probably not in our heart right now. And we, uh, to me, we should look deeper as to what, what the flow is about, what, what comes naturally and what's authentic right now in our life. And we spend so much time fighting our values and saying, oh, I've got to be determined. I've got to be more hungry or I've got to be more persistent or I've got to, got to, got to. And then, you know, it doesn't flow. It's about saying what is most important to us and saying this is what I feel is right for me at this time in my life. How do I use the outside world to feel more of what what is authentic?
1: Hmm. Okay. so quite a lot of internal reflection required for all of this. Um, yes. and, you know, is yeah, and
2: having the right conversations having the yeah. right conversations you know
1: asking the right questions asking the right
2: questions yes
1: mm. so we've only got um, about another sort of five minutes before I need to uh, wrap this up but you know, is it, you know you've know, you been successful in your life and I know you've made a good living from your speaking and from your consultancy you know how how important is money to you know to your success and you know achieving the kind of life that you want to lead or does it just vary depending upon the individual
2: yeah I think it varies upon the individual but you know I, I think it's it, thank you for the opportunity it's lovely to mention this I, I think money is really important and I know there might be an obvious point um but money I think it is a wonderful energy and it's important money's important to all of us but you know um I don't think that money should be at the top of our tree and sometimes I know it feels like it has to be, but you know, from what we've talked about today is I think money needs to be lower down, but it is still important,
1: So not, num- not number you know, one.
2: it's not that our lives have to, it's not number one, you know, and you, you, you see a lot of people who have an awful lot of money and they're not happy and they're not fulfilled and they're not living the life that they feel that they deserve to live internally and emotionally and that's not what we want so to me our intention and our purpose our love for ourselves and others our health our you know integrity honesty trust all of these elements are, are more important than our financial wealth but money is a wonderful abundant energy and and it can do so so much good in the world and it can create so much opportunity it money gives us experiences and experiences light us up so um, you know, I, I understand that, you know, money, it's, it's a balance. It's its a balance between everything else. Money, to me, needs to be low down on my scale of importance. Do you, do you think, but do you money think, is still really important.
1: Do you think, though, Craig, I'm, I'm just sort of just mindful of the time, but do you think for some people, you know, doing, doing some exploratory work like you do, for some people it needs to be lower down, but for some people it needs to also be higher up?
2: I I don't. I think I I think for people that we think that money is the highest thing. I think what it is, is that creation that's number one for them and the money then follows. I think what you find is the people that become uber successful money wise, you know, they then give a lot of their money away. And what they're interested in is creating something new. So I think money is up there for them. But I think, if you know, if you just gave them another billion dollars or another 100 million dollars and they didn't create anything with it, eventually it just sits in the bank and it's just fiscal. There's nothing to it. So it's a creation that's important.
1: I just think there's one or two people who, who maybe don't give money any importance. You know, they believe money, money is actually a, a, you know, a necessary evil, but actually yeah. could end up living in poverty and not realizing their potential yeah, because there's not enough flow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's a wonderful Omega energy. <laughs> no, I think it's an abundant energy. I think money, money is important, and it's a wonderful thing. It's just not as important as a number of different emotions and different, different qualities that we have in the world. It's just not number one.
1: Craig, Craig don't, I want, don't want, to, I want to give you the opportunity because we've got a couple of minutes left. I mean, you know, what's next for for you, and what's next for Inspired Seminars? What's uh, I know you do. You mentioned there about your event in september i know you've done yes and all sorts of exciting and africa and but you know what's next yes. what can i tell people about before so, we wrap up
2: so i'm so, um, you know we're speaking at a number of leadership conferences and we're working with great teams within organizations and we're really keen to work with fantastic companies and people who really want to grow and so what's next for us is some you know, we want to do some great work with teams and with companies and away days and conferences, which is fantastic. And really, you know, create a real sense of personal leadership within these organizations, within companies and help people to feel really empowered within their work. That That's vital. OK, and that's what we really want to do over the next six months. That's really important. The second element is. You know, our seminars, our inspired seminars at craigoldblack.com. And, you know, you can look it up if you like, at inspiredseminars.com. We really want to encourage people to just take those two hours out with us, just two hours, and and to really explore their identity and their purpose and intention. And, and then, you know, for people who really, you know, want to live a, a higher quality life from a values perspective, to come on the journey in September, That's that's coming up soon and huh. um you know and also the masterclasses and and you know so those are the two elements really Excellent. is is the inspired masterclasses and seminars and journey and and for us to have the great opportunity of continuing to work great. within businesses so Wonderful thank you
1: Craig. Gus Craig we'll have to leave it there now Everyone has, thank you a, a bit of pleasure to talk to you again and catch up with you and hear about all the great work that you're doing you know congratulations and all that um thank you, want, you. Um, So thank you. Um, The the next show next week I mentioned um, is Simon Hampel from uh, Leaders Quest. He's going to talk about being a future steward. And uh, I tell you, um, this guy has had an amazing and fascinating life. And you know, the work that company are doing around, um, you know, sort of future of leadership and how leadership can constitute some of the big challenges that are happening around the globe, like global warming and that sort of thing, uh, will be really, really fascinating. Um, I can completely um, promise that. So once again, a huge thank you to Craig Goldblatt, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. And If you've got any questions, comments, you can send me an email at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Love to hear from you. Thank you.